Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Special thanks today to our new sponsor, Podcorn, a growing marketplace that helps podcasters line up sponsors that are a perfect match for their audience. You might recall a few weeks ago me introducing you to the educational book notes reading app. That sponsorship was lined up with the help of Podcorn. One of the nice things I like about Podcorn is that it eliminates the middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. In other words, with Podcorn, podcasters get transparency creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. So if you have a podcast, or know someone who does, I strongly recommend checking out the Podcorn Marketplace and Platform. Register for free at podcorn.com slash podcasters. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Pushing to the Front, by Orison Sweat Martin, published in 1894. To be a good conversationalist, to be able to interest people, rivet their attention, draw them to you naturally by the very superiority of your conversational ability, is a great accomplishment one that is superior to all others. It not only helps you to make a good impression upon strangers, it also helps you to make and keep friends. It opens doors and softens hearts. It makes you interesting in all sorts of company. It helps you to get on in the world. It sends you clients, patients, customers. It helps you into the best society of your peers. A person who can talk well, who has the art of putting things in an attractive way, who can interest others immediately by their power of speech, has a great advantage over one who may know more than them, but who cannot express themselves with ease or eloquence. Nothing else will indicate your character and attractiveness, or lack of it, so quickly as your conversation. It will tell your whole life story. What you say, and how you say it, will betray all your secrets, will give the world your true measure. There is no accomplishment. No attainment which you can use so constantly and effectively, which will give so much pleasure to your friends, as fine conversation. There is no doubt that the gift of language was intended to be a much greater accomplishment than the majority of us have ever made of it. Most of us are bunglers in our conversation, because we do not make an art of it we do not take the trouble or pains to learn to talk well. We do not read enough or think enough. Most of us express ourselves in sloppy, slipshod English because it is so much easier to do so than it is to think before we speak 
to make an effort to express ourselves with elegance, ease, and power. Poor talkers excuse themselves for not trying to improve by saying that good talkers are born, not made. We might as well say that good lawyers, good doctors, or good entrepreneurs are born, not made. None of them would ever get very far without hard work. That is the price of all achievement. I know a businessman who has cultivated the art of conversation to such an extent that it is a great treat to listen to him. His language flows with such liquid, limpid beauty. His words are chosen with such exquisite delicacy, taste, and accuracy that they charm everyone who hears him speak. All his life he has been a reader of the finest prose and poetry, and has cultivated conversation as a fine art. Now you may think that you lack opportunities, and have little chance to achieve great things. You may be in a situation where others are dependent upon you. You may not be able to go to school or college. You may be tied down to a difficult environment. You may be tortured with an unfulfilled ambition, and yet you can excel in life by becoming an interesting talker, because in every sentence you utter, you can practice the best form of expression. Every great book you read, every person with whom you converse who uses good English, can help you. Few people think very much about how they are going to express themselves. They use the first words that come to them. They do not think of forming a sentence so that it will have beauty, brevity, transparency, power. The words flow from their lips helter-skelter, with little thought of arrangement or order. Now and then we meet a real artist in conversation and it is such a treat and delight that we wonder why most of us should be such bunglers in our conversation, that we should make such a botch of the medium of communication between human beings, when it is capable of being made the art of arts. I once was a visitor at Wendell Phillips' home in Boston, and the music of his voice, the charm of his words, the purity of his diction, the profundity of his knowledge, the fascination of his personality, and his marvelous art of putting things, I shall never forget. He sat down on the sofa beside me and talked as he would to an old friend, and it seemed to me that I had never heard such exquisite and polished English. He had that marvelous power of, quote, putting one soul in conversation which charms all who come under its spell. Good reading is a good place to start developing this power in yourself, for it will not only broaden the mind and give new ideas, but it will also increase your vocabulary, and that is a great aid to conversation. Many people have good thoughts and ideas, but they cannot express them because of the poverty of their vocabulary. 
They have not words enough to clothe their ideas and make them attractive. They talk around in a circle, repeat and repeat, because when they want a particular word to convey their exact meaning, they cannot find it. Others falter when speaking because they are timid and shy. They have an awful feeling of repression and a stifling of thought when they make an effort to say something and cannot. But many a great orator went through the same sort of experience when they first attempted to speak in public and was often deeply humiliated by their blunders and failures. There is no other way, however, to become an orator or a good conversationalist than by constantly trying to express yourself efficiently and elegantly. If you find that your ideas fly from you when you attempt to express them, that you stammer and flounder about for words which you are unable to find, you may be sure that every honest effort you make, even if you fail in your attempt, will make it all the easier for you to speak well the next time. It is remarkable if one keeps on trying, how quickly you will conquer your awkwardness and self-consciousness, and will gain ease of manner and facility of expression. Now to converse well one must listen well also, hold oneself in a receptive attitude. Many of us are not only poor conversationalists, but we are poor listeners as well. We are too impatient to listen, instead of being attentive and eager to drink in the story or the information. We have not enough respect for the talker to keep quiet. We look about impatiently, tap our fingers on a chair or a table, hitch about as if we were bored and were anxious to get away and interrupt the speaker before they reach a conclusion. In fact, we are such an impatient people that we often have no time for anything except pushing ahead, to elbow our way through the crowd to get the position or money we desire. Our life becomes feverish and unnatural. We have no time to develop charm of manner or elegance of diction. Another cause for our conversational decline is a lack of sympathy. We are too selfish, too busily engaged in our own welfare and wrapped up in our own little world, too intent upon our own self-promotion, to be interested in others. No one can become a good conversationalist who is not sympathetic. You must be able to enter into another's life, to live it with the other person, in order to be a good listener or a good talker. Walter Bassant used to tell of a clever woman who had a great reputation as a conversationalist, though she talked very little. She had such a cordial, sympathetic manner that she helped the timid and shy to say their best things and made them feel at home. She dissipated their fears and they could say things to her which they could not say to anyone else. 
People thought her an interesting conversationalist because she had this ability to call out the best in others. If you would make yourself agreeable, you must be able to enter into the life of the people you are conversing with, and you must touch them along the lines of their interest. No matter how much you may know about a subject, if it does not happen to interest those to whom you are talking, your efforts will be largely lost. Great conversationalists are also very tactful. They are interesting without offending. It does not do to stab people if you would interest them, nor to drag out their family skeletons. Some people have the peculiar quality of touching the best that is in us, while others stir up the bad. Every time they come into our presence, they irritate us. Others allay all that is disagreeable. They never touch our sensitive spots, and they call out all that is spontaneous, sweet, and beautiful. A good conversationalist is not too serious. They do not deal too much with facts, no matter how important. Facts, statistics, are wearying. Vivacity is what is necessary. Heavy conversation bores. Too light and it disgusts. Therefore, to be a good conversationalist, you must be spontaneous, buoyant, natural, sympathetic, and must show a spirit of goodwill. You must feel a spirit of helpfulness and must enter heart and soul into things that interest others. You must get the attention of people and hold it by interesting them, and you can only interest them by a warm sympathy, a real friendly sympathy. If you are cold, distant, and unsympathetic, you will not hold their attention. Every avenue is closed off to the speaker. The conversation thus becomes perfunctory, mechanical, and without life or feeling. You must bring your listener close to you, must open your heart wide, and exhibit a broad free nature and an open mind. You must be responsive so that the listener will throw wide open every avenue of their nature and give you free access to their heart of hearts. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.